Thank you for taking time to listen to this Redemption Church sermon. Redemption Church exists to make authentic disciples who live for the glory of God and the good of our world. We want to help everyday people wake up to a deep, meaningful life in Christ. We pray this sermon will help. For more information about Redemption Church and for additional resources, please visit redemptionokc.com. I want to let you know we are changing up some things today. The order of our service in order to share some vision with you, but also to give you some space just to engage with the Lord personally, to give you some space to enter into some prayer movements, to sing together, to fellowship together, to celebrate communion together, to linger a little more over some of those things. So uh, this is just going to feel really different. And some of you that love change are like, oh, I can't wait. This is so exciting. And others of you are like, you're curmudgeonly and you're kind of like pulling back like, I don't know, don't change anything on me. Like you can't re- you can't ask me to sit in a different chair at church because I have my place. And if you mess, disrupt it all, it's going to throw me all completely off. And so, uh, but most of you, I think are going to be okay. Uh, I assure you, it's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be crazy. We're not going to do anything we don't normally do. We're just going to do some things in a little bit different way. And so I think it'll be really encouraging for you. In some ways, this is an acknowledgement for us that God needs to be at the center of our lives, that God needs to be at the center of our church, and that everything we do, all of our dreams, hopes, desires, visions, everything about us needs to be submitted and surrendered to the Lord. And so we're going to talk about some of those things, and we're going to practice surrendering and kind of bringing those up underneath God's leadership and reminding ourselves that Christ is our leader and that Christ is our Lord. And so ultimately we want to seek him today. And so would you just consider doing something for me today? Uh, Those little devices that you have in your pocket or in your purse that captivate your attention so many hours of the day, would you just turn them off? or silence them or put them on uh, on the floor underneath you or something that would not distract you for the next hour or so as we as we seek the Lord together. Uh, and I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching online, uh, do whatever we're doing in here. So when we sing, I want to encourage you to sing. When we pray, I want to encourage you to pray uh, and, and just engage with all the different things that we're, that we're doing today. Uh, friends, our, our vision as a church is to help everyday people wake up to a deep, meaningful life in Christ. And so that's what all this is about, is we want to help you just wake up to the, to the goodness of God, to his love for you, to his plans for you, so that you would flourish under his care and under his guidance and under his direction. And that's ultimately everything that we're going to do today. Now, this is also Commitment Sunday for our home campaign. This phase of our home campaign is going to help us build out the, uh, our, our downtown building that we have now purchased. And so we're going to be talking some about that, giving you important updates and a, and a clear opportunity for how it is that you can give and what you can do about that. As we start, let me just tell you my prayer for our day out of Philippians. We're going to be starting a sermon series in Philippians. I'm not preaching a sermon, a full sermon today, but next week, I can't tell you how excited I am to get back into just preaching through a book of the Bible. We're going to be in Philippians and we're going to begin to go verse by verse, just walking through that in a series called, uh, called Road to Joy. And Philippians is a biblical masterclass on joy. And so that's what we've got to look forward to over the next several months. So I want to read you just a prayer that's kind of my heartbeat for us as we kind of enter into today. Paul writes, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment 
so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So that your love would abound more and more through Christ. That ultimately is our heart for what we want to be about today. So several years ago, I was talking to our church, and it was actually at the time where we were moving into this building. We were leaving an elementary school, and we were growing up and moving to a middle school. So as a, as a young church, that felt like a big step. And I remember telling our church that that was a, a, a kind of, we, we were moving out of the toddler phase. In some ways, we needed to take the training wheels off the bike and learn to ride on our own. And so we needed to grow up a little bit, kind of let go of some of the structures and, and learn to, to do this kind of next step thing. And to Today is another milestone sort of like that one. Uh, this year is one of those times where we're leaning into another season of growth as a, as a church where we now have a building to manage and to steward for the glory of God. We've got this new responsibilities. In some ways, I think we're, we're becoming teenagers as a church, like we're beginning to grow up as the body of Christ and become more like a teenager, which means we're going to exchange the bike for a driver's license. So we've got a little more responsibility. We're also going to have a little more freedom. We're going to have a little more uh, opportunity ahead of us. And I think it's going to be a fun time. Uh, but what that means for us is there's a bigger responsibility before the Lord. Uh, there's also an increased opportunity. There's more independence. There's more uh, influence. There's, there's greater opportunity for us as we move into the days ahead. And so as we do that, um, we want to do that to the glory of God. Uh, so what do we need to do as we kind of move forward? We're trying to raise $880,000. I think you've got a picture of the building we're moving to downtown. Sorry, I skipped on you. So we're, we're desiring to move into that building later this year. We want to begin construction as soon as possible. In order to, to move into that building and finish building it out uh, in downtown Edmond, we need to raise $880,000. And the thing that I have realized as I talk to people uh, in our body is you hear a number like that and almost to a person, we all think, I couldn't write a check that would touch $880,000. I guess I don't have anything to offer here. But let me break it down, because I think it's helpful to break it down and begin to see it a little different way. Uh, think about it this way. Um, the, if we had 300 people that gave $3,000, I think the math is right. I'm an English major and a theology guy, but I, I've, I've used a calculator on this. I think this is right. would actually equal $900,000. Now, that feels a little more doable, doesn't it? You think of a city like Oklahoma City has 1.25 million. Edmond proper has, I think, about 100,000 people. We just need 300 that would write a $3,000 check, and we would be able to meet our goal. Now, does that feel a little bit more doable? Now, as you think about that, here's what I know. I don't know what you can give, but I know everyone can give something. And our heart and our desire is that we would together get to enjoy taking the step of faith as, as a church family. And so our heart is that everyone would contribute. Everyone would be a part of that. And so as you think about that amount, maybe you can't give, uh, give 3,000, but maybe you could give 300. And I want to encourage you not to shy away from that. My, my experience in, in the long years of doing church is that oftentimes the, the gifts that become the, the heartbeat of a ministry are just when everyone is pitching in together. And so it's not about equal gifts, it's about equal sacrifice, that everyone's pitching in and doing their part. And so maybe you can do, maybe you can do $3, maybe you can do 300, maybe you can do 3,000, maybe, maybe you could do 30,000, maybe you could even do 300,000. I don't know what it is that the Lord would put on your heart to, to do in order to help us move forward in, in, into this building, but our heart is that we would get to enjoy doing this together. 
Now, you've probably noticed on your seats as you came in, there's two cards that are there. I want you to take those out and just look at those today. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of practical stuff and before we move into uh, some of our time of worship. But... There's two cards there. One is a connect card and the other is a commitment card for a home campaign. And at the end of our service, we're going to ask everyone to turn in cards. And so this is just something that everyone here today, we want you to, we want to invite you into being a part of our church family and what that would look like in order for you to be able to contribute. And so first, if you call Redemption Your Home, look at the commitment card. And really, if you don't, you want to contribute, man, we'll still take your money and we'll still use it to help build that building. I promise you, we're not going to turn it away. But especially if you call this place your home or, 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 or an attender here, we want you to pitch in here. And so we want you to take this commitment card out. And for some of you, and th this is also a chance for us uh, to, to do this for the first time. Some of you were here when we had our uh, home campaign a year ago. Some of you are new. And so this is your first opportunity to really make a commitment to our church. And so we want to invite you into that as well and into that journey. So here's what this means. If you've never made a commitment before, I want to encourage you just to fill out your information. You can write on there. You'll notice there's a blank there. Uh, there's several blanks. One is uh, to make your total commitment. Here's what you're committing to give over the next two years. Part of that is a one-time gift, something that you're going to give now. And the other is a pledge of what you're going to give either monthly or annually over the next two years. And there's spaces there where you can write all that information in. And at the end of our service, we're going to allow you to turn that in. Now, if you made your commitment earlier, let's say you did this a year ago, and I encouragement for you would be to go ahead and fill a card out and just say, I'm going to continue the commitment that I made previously. I'm going to continue to faithfully give to what I said before. If you want to increase your commitment, someone asked me about that, you can just write in there and say, I want to increase the commitment that I made a year ago and I want to contribute this in the next year. Now, um, another way you can give um, to our mission is by joining a serve team. And so as we think about building out our church, uh, we're not just building a building, we want to build a people. And so we want to continue to prepare the ministry. There's a lot of new people, a lot of new faces coming in here week after week. And we want to, we want to set the best possible uh, environment for them to come and to meet Jesus and to begin to grow in him. And so uh, we want you to also fill out a connect card. And there's a place there and check, I want to join a serve team. And we'll put you in and put you to work uh, using your gifts to, um, to help further the mission of the church. Now, if you're new here, I really would encourage you to fill out a Connect card as well. Uh, there's a place there for you to say, I want to join a small group. Uh, our, the best thing we can do for you is to help connect you to our body so that you can walk in community with other people and they can encourage you as you walk down the road. And so if you're ready to join a small group, if you're ready to jump into a serve team, or if you just need prayer, I'd encourage you to fill out the Connect card. And then at the end of our service, we're all going to take those together and just go uh, drop them in a bucket over here on the way out and um, get plugged in. So does that make sense? Kind of some logistics, kind of got some of that stuff out of the way. Well, let's move into um, kind of some of the why. I think it's important for us to understand kind of what we're doing as a church, but it's also important to understand the why. And so I want to take just about 15 minutes and talk to you about the why of, uh, of the building we're going to move forward and to build and then what that really looks like in the days to come. And here's the thing, this is the biggest step we've ever, step of faith we've ever taken as a church. Now, this is a big endeavor. It's going to take a whole lot of God's help. It's going to take a whole lot of grace for one another. And it's going to take a whole lot of getting it done, rolling your sleeves up, all y'all pitching in sort of stuff. 
Uh, that church is an all-y'all thing. It's something we get to do together. It's nothing uh, that happens up here and you guys sit out there and watch. It's something that, that we do together. We are together the body of Christ and Christ is our head and he sends us on a mission and he leads us out um, in order for, to bless the world. And so let me tell you why we're excited about this building and this location, but also tell you why we've been talking about truth, beauty, and strength. And I want to connect some dots for you and hopefully make some of this kind of pop and come to life um, in a new way. So did you know there's actually two things we want to build this year? I mean, you're like, oh, is that next one going to cost more? Yeah, maybe. But it's different. Uh, the first thing we want to build, we want to build, uh, we want to build a building that enables our vision. Th that's ultimately what a building does. A building is not the goal. Uh, having a home and a space is not ultimately the goal. That's just a home base that our mission can operate out of. That's a place where we can worship God, where we can call people to, to hear about the gospel, where we can foster life in Christ with other people, but it's just a home base. And so we wanna build a building that enables our mission, but we also wanna build a people who embrace our vision. And so we wanna build a building, we also wanna build a people. We need to prepare a people as much as we prepare a place. And here's the thing, when we look at our world, our world has a, uh, the church, in our world has a trust problem. And we've, there's a trust gap that has developed between those who call themselves Christians and those who are outside of the church or outside of Christianity. And that gulf and, and that gap is widening. And if you look at the younger generations, there's more skepticism, more hesitation, more frustration about any kind of organized religion and especially Christianity. In fact, you see in, in every study of young people says there's mistrust of any kind of institution. But then you put religious institution on top of that and it completely repulses a lot of people in our world and in our society. And so it's a unique time that we need to live, that, that we live in. And frankly, if I'm honest, we as the church, as Christianity, we've earned some of the mistrust that people have in us because we haven't looked like Jesus, because we haven't loved like Jesus, because we haven't stood on truth, but with kindness and love. We haven't presented grace and truth together as scripture calls us to do. And so many people look around in the contemporary church landscape and just think, this can't be all that Jesus had in mind. Many people are asking questions about, is faith in, in Jesus really worth it? Is Christianity just some made up thing that's been sort of passed down through the generations that my parents handed me, but maybe doesn't have the life that, that people told me it had? Many people look at the church and they see the hypocrisy and the hurt and they begin to question if it's all worth it to claim the name of Christ. So the church has its own issues and there's a trust gap between the church, those inside the church and those outside the church. But those outside the church in our world has its own set of problems, doesn't it? I just sent my two oldest kids off to college and that's a daunting task. You know, when you've raised them, they've been with you forever and you release them into the world and go, all right, go get them. And you're excited and you're ecstatic and you can't wait to see what God's going to do. But you also uh, were 18 once and you know that everything you went through from 18 to where you are now, uh, not all of it was up and to the right. But there were some hiccups along the way and there were some stumbles and some trips and some questions and some frustrations. And I think when, if we all went through those, our kids are going to go through those and we're entering into a world 
where just to be frank, in my 20 plus years of ministry, there's an increase in people's anxiety about sending their kids out into the world. And I hear more parents saying, I'm concerned that my kids aren't going to find a place in the church. I'm concerned with the kinds of questions my kids are asking. I'm concerned with the doubts and the frustrations that my kids are expressing. And the fact is that a lot of people are struggling to connect to church and struggling to hold on to a Christian view of the world. Our world is asking us big questions. Big questions about the foundation of life, about what human flourishing looks like, about gender, about race, uh, about what, what it looks like to, to be a blessing in, in the good of the world. Big questions about truth. We live in a time where our world's rejected the obvious realities of life and rejected the very nature of transcendent truth in favor of choosing my truth and your truth and everyone gets to determine their own truth. And there's a cost to that. And friends, I want you to know, we're not gonna compromise the truth of the gospel and God's word. Uh, Paul said in Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. We're not gonna acquiesce or accommodate uh, the ideas that are being pushed down upon us. And we're not gonna waffle on what truth is. But in the middle of that, we've got to learn to present truth with a Christ-likeness that's, that's attractive in some ways. And as Christians, our heart is to see the whole world flourish, that all people are made in the image of God, and we want to see them flourish and thrive. But also as Christians, the only way we know how to guide them in that is through the guidance and direction of the Lord. That the only way that humans truly flourish is when they're surrendered to the creator who made them, who designed them, who told them what life is like and who gave them uh, guidance and direction for how to flourish in his world. And so as Christians, that's all the counsel we have to offer is to point them to truth and say, and if you want to flourish, God told us how to do that. We want to submit ourselves to that. And so we want to be people of truth. But we also have to be a place that's safe for people to come ask questions. A place where people feel respected. A place where people feel loved. And as we raise another generation, um, we've got to, churches have to be a place where people can find honest, respectful direction for their questions. And friends, Christians have good, quest good answers to the questions the world is asking. We don't have all the answers, but we have good answers to the questions that people are asking and we have good direction in God's word and if we don't uh, welcome the conversations that are uh, in, in those questions people are going to look elsewhere for answers and they'll find them they just won't find good answers they'll find the, the answers the world is offering and we need to, the church to point people to the truth so friends if we want to close the trust gap it's going to take more than words one guy said it's going to require less shouting and more service Less complaining, more compassion. Less time spent pointing out errors and more time spent proving God's love. Isn't that good? We're gonna have to stand on truth, but it's gonna have to be more than words. It's gonna have to be love and action. And the kind of effort we need to close the trust gap, I promise you, is not gonna happen in one hour a week on Sunday. And it's not gonna happen with the wisdom of this guy or anyone else getting up here and talking for 35 minutes. It's gonna take that, but it's gonna take a whole lot more than that to truly foster a life that's being changed by Christ. And so what I hope you see is that the challenges in our world are real, but I think it's also an opportunity. 
It's an opportunity for us to stand out. It's an opportunity for us to call people to something that, that they need. And we believe a downtown building gives us a unique opportunity to show the love of Christ to others. We think it gives us a unique opportunity to, to, to engage people where they are in the midst of their struggles and doubts and to convince them that God and his word can be trusted with the most important areas of their lives. We think we've got something to say in the midst of this, gener this generation. And what we have to, what, what's, what's at stake is not the church. The church is gonna flourish because God says that, that it will always prevail. That, that nothing can stand against the church. So we're not worried about that. What is at stake is what, what do we get to do with the next 20 years of our lives? What do we get to do in this moment, in our city, and in this time? So friends, what I've discovered over the years of following Jesus is that truth travels best on bridges of relationship. And so if we're going to be a people of, of truth, we're gonna have to communicate that, but it travels best on bridges of relationship where we're connected to someone, where we're actually caring for them and we're demonstrating what the love of Christ looks like even as we're calling them to the gospel of Christ. So friends, we need to invest not just in building a place to meet, but in building a people through discipleship and equipping ministry. Our mission statement is that we exist to make authentic disciples of Jesus who live for the glory of God and the good of our world. Uh, this happens best through life-on-life, -life, personal, whole-heart discipleship and equipping. We need relationally healthy, deep discipleship with people. We need to walk with people so that they begin to understand what the truth and the truth and its implications for their life. Now, here's the thing. That's slower. It's messier. It's more expensive. Isn't that encouraging for you? That's our vision. We got the slower, slower, more expensive, messier vision. It's also deeper, more effective, and more impactful over time. It's why Jesus walked with a group of knuckleheads for three years and said, I, I'm calling you to me so that you might be with me. But then he sent them out and they changed the world because Jesus discipled them and showed them what it was like to have a deep, meaningful life in him. So friends, as we move into a new building, here's what I, what I want to just say out loud. We are expecting to grow. Everyone I talk to, when they look at the building and our location and where we are and know who we are as a people in a church goes, you know you're going to grow when you get there. People are going to show up, right? They're just going to want to go see what this thing is about. So we're expecting to grow, and that's not like a prophecy. That's not a prediction. It's just, it's just kind of what you tend to expect, and what that means is we'll need to add staff. Why? Because we're in the disciple-making business, and trust is built on bridges of relationship. And if we're going to walk people through in a relational context, we're going to need more people to walk. If there's more people in the room, we're going to need more people to walk with them. And so as we grow, we're going to need to add staff. We're going to need to add people that can pour into this. It means we need to invest in, uh, invest in people to grow our ministry to kids and students. It means we need to have intentional, age-appropriate discipleship for our kids, for our middle schoolers, and for our high schoolers. Because they're walking through the questions that our world is asking, and they're asking them themselves, and we need to walk with them through that in a relational way so that they can come around to a place of saying, I now see why God's truth leads me to greater flourishing than what the world is offering me. And to do that, it's going to take an investment on our part and an investment in the next generation. And so that means uh, that we need staff who can invest the time and leadership and discipling and training our students and our student leaders to, to walk in a relational way with the rest of our students 
so that we can send them out in the world ready to go make a difference. We want to launch them into ministry, send them out as the Father sent the Son into the world. We want to send them out into the world to go make a difference as missionaries and as ambassadors for Christ. We also need more people hours focused on discipling and training our adults. You guys are hungry. Do you know that? Like we see that you guys are hungry for truth and for learning. We've got a big group of people working through church history class on Thursday nights once a month. And we've got all kinds of opportunities and things we want to do to equip you, to resource you, to put things in your hands to help you to grow. And so we want to help you learn how to parent well and learn how to walk through marriage well. We want to build out uh, marriage uh, equipping classes so that our, our couples who are coming together and, and beginning this thing of marriage are set up well. And those of us that have been in it a while and maybe need a, re, a reboot, uh, get, some, get to re-engage with their marriage. And we want to be able to pour into these things. And to do that, we need more investment of people hours to disciple and train you for faith and for life. And as we enter into this new season of ministry, it's exciting to think about a building, but I just want you to hear from me, we can't drift from the basics of discipleship and equipping and preparing our people to engage our world for good. That that's the heartbeat and everything that we wanna be about. So we wanna be more creative and engaging in conversations with our city and our culture about the truth of the gospel. We want people to know there's a place that will help them understand what God has to say about the questions of the day. And we think this building is gonna enable us to do that, but we also have to invest in the people so that we're ready to do that. And so it's not just a building we're investing in. We wanna invest in you. We wanna invest in your development, your growth. And uh, I just wanna say this because we had a couple people we've talked about some of this and they're like, oh, I can't wait for that day. When does that get to happen? It's really not that hard. Like we, we budget as a church like you budget as a family. You look and you go, well, what money's there? And you're like, well, this is what we have to live on, right? And so every year when we get to April and May, we prepare a budget that goes from July through the next year for the next 12 months. And so what comes in, we look at and go, well, what do we have that we can invest in ministry, ministry for the next year? And so when, when what comes in matches very much like what, what has gone out in terms of expenses, then things stay about the same. But when we get to April, May, and our, our staff and our elders and our finance team looks and there's been more money that comes in, we go, well, we've got more money we can invest in the ministry. And so I just want you to hear our heartbeat in this, that as money is available and as resources are available, uh, that's going to go right into the ministry and, and the vision that we have as a church. It's going to go into helping us be a disciple-making, equipping, engaging our culture sort of church that makes a difference in our city. And so friends, you've probably sensed this already as you think about uh, kind of, or as you've kind of watched over the last couple months, I see, I've had several people say, man, I just see an excitement in you all and, and a passion in you all that, that's contagious and that, that we can't wait to see flourish in this new building. And uh, it is true. Even if you couldn't articulate that, I want you to know this has given us greater clarity and greater conviction about, about our vision. And in some ways, we're doubling down on who we are and what God's called us to be, but it's also given us another level of clarity. And so in the, next, in the last few months, I mean, you've probably seen some of this, but our mission statement is that we exist to make authentic disciples of Jesus for the, who live for the glory of God and the good of our world. And so that phrase, authentic disciples of Jesus, here's what I've realized over the last few months. That's a great phrase. That is exactly what we want to do. But sometimes you hear that and you go, yeah, but what does that look like? Like, what does it look like to be an authentic disciple of Jesus in terms of your life and in terms of how to work that out? Well, that's what this series that we've been working through on truth, beauty, and strength really tells us. 
tells us what an authentic disciple of Jesus looks like. Uh, look with me at this slide. It says, uh, by God's grace, this is what authentic disciples look like. By God's grace and the Spirit's help, authentic disciples seek to live in wholehearted devotion to the truth of God's word, to the beauty of Christ-like character, and to the strength of Christ-like service. So we're people that, that, that we, we love the word of God. We desire to, to look like Christ in our lifestyle and in our character and in the way in which we love others. And we also desire to serve others and to wash people's feet like Jesus did with the strength of Christ's life service. And those three things to go together to create our witness in the world. These are things that we want to foster and encourage and grow in one another. And all three of them are essential, like a three-legged stool. If you take anyone away, our mission is going to falter. Right? We're not going to be everything that we're called to be because we're called to look like Christ, to love like Christ, and to present the truth of Christ to our world. So let me wrap up with this. Friends, if, if people are going to listen to the truth of the gospel, most of the time they want to see Jesus' stuff that comes with it. And so what I mean by that is that when people see Christ-like character, when people see Christ-like service, they're more likely to listen to the truth of Christ. They want to see love. They want to see service. They want to see people that look like Jesus. And then that happens. What, what happens for people is it creates kind of like a greenhouse effect. You know, a greenhouse that creates a warm environment that's protected for people to grow and flourish. See, when the church looks like Christ and serves like Christ, it creates a greenhouse effect that allows people to flourish and the truth of God to take deep roots in their hearts and bear fruit there. That's what we want to be as a church. We want to be a people of truth, but we want to be a people also of the beauty of people that look like Christ and live like Christ. I mean, embracing the, the gospel message is hard enough for someone who's far from God. When you think about our world and you think about that trust gap and people that are distanced from Christianity, and you're asking them to admit that they don't have it all together. You're asking them to own that they're sinners and who need a savior. You're asking them to put their faith in a God who died upon a cross for their sins and admit that they are in need of rescue. It's difficult for, some, for anyone to do. In our day, I think it's especially difficult. Putting your faith in Jesus is hard enough. And when it comes to faith, we want, to be the only, we, we want Jesus to be the only stumbling block people experience. We, we don't want to set up any extra stumbling blocks. We want the gospel to be the only thing they have to climb over in order to, to come to Christ and to trust. And so tomorrow, if we show up at this new building with a, uh, without the life-giving presence of Christ in us, then our words are going to ring hollow. Truth is going to fall on deaf ears. Ultimately, we need God to take that truth and explode it in someone's heart to birth new life there. I know that. But the context which we create by creating a place where people love like Jesus and live like Jesus is going to create the best possible environment for that truth to flourish and to grow in someone else's life. It's also true of, the, of, our, of the next generation and our kids. And if we want them to grow up to love the church, to love Christ, to trust the truth, we want to be a place that loves like Jesus and serves like Jesus so that they are most likely to, to grow and to flourish and thrive. You with me? You kind of see how that works? 
I want to invite one of our elders, uh, David Cole, up to pray with us, and then we're going to seek the Lord together. So we, we've kind of talked an awful lot. That's a whole lot of information that we've given you. Now we just want to pursue the Lord, and this is what we're going to do the rest of our morning, is we're going to seek God together. We're going to pray together. We're going to read scripture together. We're going to uh, sing together, and um, we're going to seek the Lord and ask him to make us people of truth, uh, beauty, and strength. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys, let's pray. Let's go before the Lord. Holy Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for the sun and the moon and the stars and the heavens and the oceans, the mountains, the trees, the grass, the wind, the rain and the snow, the seasons. Lord, we could go on and on. You are incredible. You are amazing. And Father, thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the reason we gather together, the reason we are here to exalt his name, to glorify your name, to tell people about this Lord and Savior of ours, Jesus. And thank you that you are not bound by time and space as we are, Lord God. We, we are limited, you are limitless. And so with that in mind, Father, we gladly ask you to do what you already know is going to happen, to do your will. Please, we ask you to provide according to your will, not only for this building, but for the staff, for this church. Because Lord, this church is your body. We are a part of your worldwide church. And we wanna do what you want us to do in this time and space that you've given us each breath that we take. May we glorify you. And Father, I think of the multiplied millions in this world who have not heard your name. Please, Father, have mercy on them as you've had mercy on us. Penetrate their hearts and minds with your gospel. Change their lives. Fix their lives. Only you can do that, Lord God. And so, Father, with that in mind, we want you to do what you want to do with this church. We want you to do what you want to do with our building campaign, with our home campaign. Please, Lord, provide according to you, to your abundant and abounding riches. And through it all, may you be glorified. May your will be done. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have David stay up here for just a minute. I want to ask you guys to stand to your feet as we get ready to sing together. What we're going to do first is we're going to read the Apostles' Creed together. It's a statement of faith. We're linking arms with brothers and sisters throughout generations. And we're declaring out loud with our mouths what we believe together as the church. And so I want to encourage you guys to read this loud and faithfully. When I say faithfully, remind your hearts that this is where our faith is rooted. So David, will you lead us in reading this together? All right, guys. I'm gonna do our best to keep us together. Don't worry if you, you're like, oh my gosh, is he going too fast? God hears us all and knows our hearts. So let's say this out loud together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Let's applaud our God. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood. Mortal ills prevail.